Hi friends, and welcome to another episode of the Oakham Church Podcast. In this season nine, we're looking at this idea of what it means to be grounded. What it means to live a stable life when everything around us feels unstable. What it means to live in stability when everything else feels like it's instability. Did you get the difference there? And so we're trying to pull out of these ideas of of being rooted and of being fastened and being fixed and having foundations and putting those roots down deep so that we're able to be stable, so that we are able to be grounded. And that's the, the title of these episodes that we're putting on at the moment. And so far, we've looked at the importance of being first and foremost grounded in Christ. And then in the last episode, we looked at how important it was to be grounded in community. And now this week, we're going to take a look at being grounded in place. Now, you might hear that and think, well, that's the same as community, isn't it? Grounded in community and grounded in place are the same things. But no, because grounded in community is about a people. That's why we say in the church that the church isn't the building, the church isn't a postcode, the church isn't a destination that you travel to. The church is made up of the people that go to that church, that attend that church, that associate with that church. And so a community, being grounded in community is about being grounded in people. Whereas here we're going to be looking at being grounded in a place. What it means to be firmly fastened to something, what it means is to have an, a, an anchor point, to, to wholeheartedly fix ourselves, graft ourselves to a place. So what does it mean to be grounded in place? Very uh, well-known words from the prophet Jeremiah, uh, chapter 29, I'm going to read from verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. And then jump ahead to verse 28. He has sent this message to us in Babylon. It will be a long time. Therefore, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. A couple of times there in that little first section, there's this idea of place coming up again and again. And we get these three categories, particularly in that second section that I read here, all to do with what it means to be um, grounded in place. The first kind of thing that we get is this image of uh, building and living. And I want to um, just jump 
on that bandwagon a little bit to start with. Um, interestingly enough, the uh, the three P's uh, to do with place that we're going to explore a little bit more on Sunday at church is the P's of presence, participation and prosperity. And it's in this bit of participation that I want us to focus ourselves on this podcast today. So those are the three P's that we're going to look at on Sunday. But here we're focusing on what it means to participate in the place that we're grounding ourselves into. And the first of these three things that we get is this image of building and living. I've got an example from uh, the New Testament, from Matthew chapter 7. Again, a very well-known bit from the Bible here. Matthew chapter 7 starting in verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. There's that grounding in Christ from episode one. But everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So our thing, first thing to think about when we're thinking about what it means to be grounded in place is this idea of building, and not just that, but living within that building and here Jesus at the uh, end of the the Sermon on the Mount talks about how we receive these teachings how we listen to God is similar to these two builders that the build the one builds his house and lives in that house that's planted on that firm foundation that's grounded in Christ and grounded in community and now grounded in place And that the second person who who listens and hears but doesn't put these words, these teachings, these wisdoms of Jesus into practice is like a builder as well and does exactly the same things. But it's how they choose to build and where they choose to build. It's about the place that they choose to build and the place that they choose to live. Instead of being on that rock, instead of being on that firm foundation, instead of being grounded in Christ and grounded in community and grounded in the right kind of place, they choose instead to ground themselves in another place. Maybe it's an easier place. Maybe it's a prettier place. Maybe it's a popular place, but that's where they ground themselves. And they do exactly the same things. They build and they live and they ground their lives within that area, within that place. And even what happens to them is exactly the same, isn't it? What happens to the wise builder and the foolish builder is exactly the same. The weather hits them in exactly the same way. The rain comes down, the streams rise, the winds blow and beat against the house. But the result, the effect is both very different. The person who is grounded in Christ and grounded in community and grounded in the correct place, their building and their life stands firm. And on the flip side, the person who isn't grounded in Christ and isn't grounded in community and isn't grounded in the correct place, their house, their building and their life falls down. 
back to Jeremiah, what, what the prophet is saying is if you can build and live here, God is saying through this prophet Jeremiah, if you can build and if you can live here in Babylon, then you can make a living here. It's not just about surviving in this place during the exile, but that they can actually thrive. Building is about investing our time. Building is about investing our life in a new place. The second example that we have is from Matthew 13. Sorry for that interruption. Had a little dog issue to deal with. Um, so the second thing is about planting and eating. So we've had building and living. Now we have planting and eating. And as I said, this is from Matthew chapter 13. And we'll read from verse one. Again, very well known words from Jesus here. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. While all the people stood on the shore, then he told them many things in parables, saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. The birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky places where it did not have much of soil, and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But then when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. In other words, if you're listening to this, go back to the first point of how you build and how you live. If you're listening, if you're really paying attention to the words here, it will affect grounding in Christ, grounding in community, and now grounding in place. This is about planting and eating. Jesus continues and explains the parable a little later on in the chapter in verse 18. He says, listen to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they have no grounding, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding 100, 60 or 30 times what was sown. 
And likewise, back to uh, Jeremiah 29 and this idea of planting and eating. If you're planting in place, similar to the building from the first point, you're connecting yourself in a, in a more permanent way to this place, to this specific area. If you plant, you're planting for the long haul. Just like if you build, you're building for a permanent place. When you plant in, you're connecting yourself to that place's soil. And their provision and their nourishment was going to come from God still. Even though they were in exile, it was going to come from God through Babylon. And planting, notice, takes time, doesn't it? It requires patience. You can't put a seed in the ground one day and the next day come and expect food. It's not how it works. Planting takes time and it takes patience. The third and uh, final example that we find from Jeremiah 29, after building and living and after planting and eating, is marry and multiply. And for this example, I'm going to jump us back to uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, says this. And this is a promise uh, from God to Abraham before his name is changed to Abraham. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. There's the increase. There's the multiplication. There's the promise that for Abram, this wasn't just about him and his family. It wasn't even just about him and the nation that would come from that family. That this would be a blessing for all peoples on the earth. And if we jump ahead to Genesis 26, a continuation of this in verse 4. God saying this to Abraham again now, I will make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and I will give them all these lands and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed. And then finally in Psalm 139 uh, verses 17 and 18 it says this, how precious to me are your thoughts O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Now you might have heard, thought about this, especially in regards to what Jeremiah is talking about here in, to the, the children of Israel as they are exiled in Babylon and think, okay, I kind of get the build and live and the plant and eat. It's what we need to survive. But this marry and multiply. What? Multiply? You can almost hear these original hearers of Jeremiah's words saying, you want us to bring children into this environment? You want us to bring up the next generation of our people into this? And God says, yes. Why? Because this was about how God is faithful, not just to them, but through the generations. It's why it talks so many times in the Bible about your children and your children's children and your children's children's children 
from one to the next to the next to the next down generation 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 it's why you have all those genealogies it's why the family kind of origin stories is so important to these people because they can track God's faithfulness to them and to their family and to the people that they're a part of and to the place that they associate with throughout the generations they can go back and back and back why in that famous ironic blessing it said that this is for you and your children and their children and their children for a thousand generations so friends with this podcast maybe your invitation to be grounded in place is gonna cost you maybe you're gonna need to invest something maybe it's gonna take you building or planting or multiplying It'll cost. You'll need patience. But that growth won't just be for you and your benefit. It will be for your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. And just like that original promise made to Abraham, it won't just even be for that. But that all peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. That's what it means to be grounded in place. Grace and peace.